Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 20 of Dead Man's Chest. You got a pirate word of the week or is all hell breaking loose? All hell's breaking loose. Is that your pirate word or do you actually have one? I have one. So let's... Pirate word of the week it. Cleave him to the brisket. <laughs> you brought back the one that you were talking about last you time. You were so disappointed. I was I had disappointed to bring it back. in it. Cleave and everybody was wondering what the heck we were talking about. Yeah, cleave him to the brisket. Now, doesn't that sound good? Cleave him to the brisket. I think that's an appropriate one for Dead Man's Chest if we were to know what actually happens in Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, we don't know. Okay. It's an order to kill a man by cutting across his chest from the shoulder to the stomach. Yikes. Doesn't sound pleasant. No, it doesn't sound pleasant. Seems like all the guts would be... Well, that's not good. At that time. That's happy Monday, everybody. (laughs) When somebody at work really ticks you off, you can cleave them to the brisket. I don't advise that. Tell them, you do that to me again, and I'll cleave you to the brisket. You can threaten. all kinds of ways that you can make that... Just don't do it. ...work appropriate. Emails, it's good. You could even have it as your signature line. (laughs) Your out-of-office message... These are all good things to do. In the previous minute, Banga del Oro, loosely translated from the original Cypriot Greek, means now that I got me a dandy hat fitting of a man in my fisherman position, we better hightail this schizophrenic ship. One day she's a fishing vessel, and the next day she's a Royal Navy sloop. The freaking hell to the nearest dentist. I got me a major dental issue, and I have a feeling that a terrible beastie is fast approaching. <laughs> Minute 20 begins with a crack, a musical climax, and the ship breaking in two as it's pulled from the center under the water. Just two? Sucker looked like it was crumbled. Well, it was. Like a piece of paper. But if you look at it, it kind of, it pulls it down from the center where the ends then collapse forward. That's why I said that. Who knows how many pieces it ends up in. We didn't have to scrutinize it that much. Oh, okay. A huge splash is sent into the sky, and we cut to Will Turner and Governor Swan coming down the stairs to a guarded jail. The Marine on duty says, You can't be here. The minute ends with a jailed Elizabeth Swan comforting Will through the bars. She says, Both of you, where will you find them? Will responds, Tortuga. Ah, Tortuga. The place Heather and I take our vacations. Tortuga. Hang out with all the pirates. Well, I hang out with the pirates. Eh, never mind, I better not go there. Will's going to get lost in all the glitz and glamour of Tortuga. He will. It's like Vegas of the 18th century. <laughs> what happens in Tortuga stays in Tortuga. Except when you go home with it, and then you got to have a doctor deal with it. Yeah, that's not good. So that doesn't always stay there. So mind your 
Mind your bits when you're in Tortuga. That should be the new, <laughs> the new your tagline. Your bits was a good. <laughs> Mind your bits when you're in Tortuga. That's the new tagline for Tortuga. Probably also fits Vegas, actually. Mind your bits. Yeah. The monkey hypothesis, it's finally. The Turkish fishing boat is destroyed. And I can do a little happy dance now because I really can't talk about my monkey hypothesis. Okay. Give that- it to us. Come on now. No, boy, you're really eager for it. I had to actually take a breath because I was so out of breath. Because of the, oh, no, the whole shaping. Again. I know. It's Monday. It's like I'm rolling out of the... Out of bed? Yeah. I slept all weekend, apparently. But bad news for the fishermen <laughs> is good news for us. At least the monkey hypothesis scenario. Because the monkey saves Jack. That's my theory. Because of the hat. Yes. Caused the boat to be sucked into the water. Well, kind of. Is it entirely possible that Jack the monkey sensed a problem... Maybe he's in tune with the supernatural as a cursed monkey and he senses this kind of danger. But he swoops down, grabs Jack's hat, throws it overboard as a way to deceive the pursuing Leviathan. Because once the fisherman put the hat on, the Leviathan picks up on it and then destroys the vessel and the sailors. Maybe it wasn't so much saving Jack, saving himself. Well, that's what I was going with this. So it's not, it, it's still saving Jack though because he did yeah. it. But the reason but behind it could be intention, different. Though. I didn't say it's the monkey hypothesis intention. The monkey intention hypothesis. I said the monkey saved Jack hypothesis. Oh. So maybe the monkey was not so much protecting Jack, though, like you said, but protecting himself. I mean, that's entirely possible because we know the curse like accentuates your greed, your desires, and the maybe the monkey's lust for living to acquire things that, that he wants really to avoid to be eaten or sinking or... Floating in the ocean for who knows how long. Either way, it appears the monkey actually helped Jack. He actually saved Jack. Yes. Giving the crew some... Well, maybe he's giving the crew some extra time to escape as well. And that includes himself. Is this possible? Is this actually possible? Why wouldn't it be? That's what I'm wondering. The relationship, the hissing. Maybe there's some undertone with the hissing that they have in that relationship. Maybe that is some secret code. It's just like a bonding thing for them. I still don't think they like each other. I know, but then why did the monkey throw the hat over? To save himself. It's got to be it, right? Yeah. I know, but he did save Jack. The monkey doesn't care about Jack. Monkey cares about himself. (laughs) Monkey cares about himself. (laughs) You don't think that this individual monkey cares about himself and no one else. That's such a t-shirt to have. Monkey cares about himself. It's even (laughs) kind of, you know, just broken sentence structure. (laughs) It's like monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> monkey care about himself. <laughs> oh, man, the things that entertain me, I swear. But it's possible, though. I know he was trying to save himself then, but he threw the hat overboard for a reason. There you go. It had Jack's scent? Yeah. The Leviathan got it, picked it up, tacked the vessel. Fishing guys, Turkish, Greek guys, gone. And gave the Black Pearl time to, to escape. escape. Exactly. Escapee. Not escapee. And for one thing, the monkey doesn't want to be floating out in the ocean. Even though he can't die, he doesn't want to be floating out in the ocean. He doesn't want to be inside a leviathan and crunched up. That's just not good anyways. Right. So whether he can die or not, the monkey wants to make sure that he has at least a, a boat, ship, something to be floating around on. Tell you what I'm really glad to see going on here is Governor standing up for himself and Elizabeth. He's almost becoming a pirate himself. He's looking for the dog with the key to let her out of jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I just like that. And I also like that he, well, the wig reference. 
And he admits no one really likes to wear those things. Yeah. And I'm glad because I really wanted to know, do people really want to wear those? And I'd he said, no. I imagine it'd be hot. It's got to be out there. Especially, especially there. there. Yeah. No kidding. Do you have a bigger wig? <laughs> yeah. Give me the biggest one you got. You know, that that's the kind of thing. It would be like a Fletch. Are, I mean, what were they made of back then? <laughs> so I think they were made sometimes out of human were hair. Were they human or and, it's Yeah, an I think animal. it was some. Didn't we go over this in season one when we talked about powdered wigs and all that kind of stuff? What they were made out of? Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure we enlightened everybody and now we don't have it. And you brought it up. I think that's what it was. It could be human hair. It could be animal hair, like horse hair or something like that. Okay. And since I was kind of creating this list of bullet points already, I might as well just get into a, well, a short list of uh, my favorite things from this minute. These are a few of my favorite things. Kind of deal here. There you go. little song and dance. <laughs> since I already went over the powdered wigs and the, well, the rig, wig reference. And then I'm also glad, like I said, to see Governor standing up for himself. But here's the big deal. Governor asked where the dog with the key is. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice callback to the Curse of the Black Pearl. And the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Doesn't get better than that. Because I do love the ride references. I'd They're- like to have seen the dog running around, though. Well, you can't have the dog running around because then he would know where the key was. Unless he was trying, you made it really farcical with him trying to catch the dog. Oh, that would be good. At one point in time, he's running after it and falls down right before <laughs> he gets the... What are you, turning this into a Three Stooges routine? <laughs> and there, are, I mean, there are more ride references to come, not the Three Stooges falling down thing. I definitely look forward to discovering those as we progress in the film. And there's also some classic movie references that are in this film, just like there were in The Curse of the Black Pearl. But back to my list, he not only asks about the dog, he whistles for it, just like Heather tried to whistle just now and failed miserably. No, I didn't. I whistled. Kind of whistled. No. It's just like the prisoners doing the ride. They whistle. I thought it might actually be the same whistle audio, but I listened to both and it was not. But they should have used the original whistling effect. That would have been like a great reference and Easter egg for the movie. The original Do you think whistle. anybody would notice, though? That's why it'd be an is Easter it egg. Is original or if it's... If it sounded the same as the original ride, that okay. you don't apparently like it. Okay. No, I just said, why well, go through the trouble with my thoughts? Because it'd be easy. They had to ADR that whistle in there anyways. Why not just uh, use the recording Maybe he from the really original? whistled. Okay, maybe they had him whistle, but they probably just threw it in. Couldn't throw in the original whistling. Come on. I love the corroded look of the jail cell bars, too. Yeah. That is some spectacular weathering effect there. It really looks like old iron corroded by constant salty air. Yeah. I mean, Art Direction was spot on with that. Maybe they found one. Old cell doors? Yeah. That's possible, I guess. I doubt it, but it's possible. The last on my list is Elizabeth Swan in the jail. And I have that for a reason. Not just because I like to... Well, not like that I endorse women see being women locked up in jail. <laughs> ah! Yeah, I, uh, interesting. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> and for really no reason, mm. just They're using like, uh, as blackmail. Women lo- locked up. Yeah, I don't know where that went. Let's try and well, don't ever say that again. How dare you? The lighting is what I'm talking about here. Oh, not her physically in the cell. Hey, these are the same cells that got blown up in the last movie, right? Yeah, they repaired them. Oh, Fort okay. Charles. Okay. Right? Right at the Fort Charles prison there. Yeah. So the lighting, you think that they just let them go? I mean, this is a year later. They're like, why do we keep putting people back in this cell if there's a giant gaping hole? They just keep escaping. I really didn't think about it being a year later. Because the lighting is perfect for this scene. If we can talk about the lighting is where we were going. 
I know it's not natural, given that the light and the shadows are not consistent in the scene with having a natural source from the sun that's through the cell's window. But it is a great use of lighting to brighten Elizabeth up. She's the star of the scene. All eyes and focuses on her in this particular moment. Even though Will is doing a lot of the talking, she, I think, is the focus of this particular scene. It's because she's the prettiest one? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, if it was naturally occurring, her face would be in a shadow. Instead, her face is bright. It's lit up. Will's face is also lit up, but the back of his head is not. So that tells me that there's some magic lighting going on here. (laughs) There's a a skylight right above their head. Yeah, it seems like it. It's shining right down, but I looked and I didn't see that happening. Because it's a minor point that doesn't mean all that much really in terms of the movie. I mean, except in terms of realism, but who cares? But the effect is the takeaway that we're getting here. Like I said, she's the focus. She's the one imprisoned. She's the one making an emotional impact on the audience as well as with Will and Governor Swan. We expect to see Will or we can even take the governor behind bars if we wanted to. But Elizabeth in her wedding gown huddled on the ground next to the bars talking to her fiance. That's an impact statement that tells us that Lord Cutler Beckett is a blazing ass. Right? You can't say that. A blazing. I was talking about like a donkey. Just it's it's a biological term. Everything else with him could potentially be overlooked as a newly in charge, ego-driven company bad guy. Up until this point. Even the wedding breakup, maybe. I mean, it could be like, he just rolls in, he doesn't realize there's a wedding going on. Oh no, but, he got a card. But, yeah, he's the last person on their list. But throwing Miss Swan in jail is crossing the line. And that's the symbolic moment that he has to cross, like, well, that's the symbolic moment for, I think, us in the audience besides the wedding breakup that I said you could maybe make a case for, is that he turns to the dark side and there's no turning back. It's Darth dark. Cutler Be- <laughs> Darth Cutler Beckett. That's who he is. <laughs> you know, he's commanding that. I think that's what happened there. Because that's the point we see Elizabeth in jail. That's when we already know he's a jerk. Yeah. This just solidifies it. Who's the one that's in the prison? Not the governor. Not Will. It's the woman. The one that would have the ability to hold leverage over everybody. It's the most impact. That's what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what we were just talking about. (laughs) How dare you? You... (laughs) It really reminds me of that old movie cliche. Like an angel being illuminated. She's the angel. An angel in distress kind of thing. Or maybe she's an anti-angel. Like Morticia Adams in The Adams Family. You know the movies with Angelica Houston. Because every time you see Morticia, we see the film... She has like this reflected light on her eyes. That's Elizabeth in the shot, but it's like way more enhanced. She has a, she's yeah. really lit up in this yeah. scene. I don't know. I guess you don't, you don't really Morticia's care. face is always lit up. No, but I don't think you see, you don't see the importance of it in this minute. I do. I Are you Got sure? It. Yeah. Fine. I'm going to switch gears. And I'm going to ask you a question then since you're up your participation points here. Who's the prejudice one in this scene? Is it Will or is it Governor Swan? Governor Swan. You're going Governor Swan? Yeah. Because Will is still playing the blacksmith card here. Telling Governor that he finds his lack of faith disturbing. Because I had to have another Star Wars reference in there already. Does he trust Will or does he trust Jack less? Is the question that Will throws at him. So who's the one? I don't think he trusts either one. But who's the one still hung up on the whole blacksmith class thingy thing going on here? Thingy thing? Yeah, thingy thing. Well, they both are. Are you sure? Because it seems to me Governor would be over it by now and just looking to make sure Elizabeth is happy. I mean, unless there are some behind-the-scenes things going on that we don't know. Like, maybe the governor continues to throw out Norrington's name whenever he can. 
just a little dig at Will constantly. He probably brought undermining in him. Cutler Beckett to marry. So you're saying you this is going downhill. You didn't like that? Because I guess he could have brought in Cutler Beckett. That's just weird that he then brings him in and he throws his daughter in jail. But if the governor was like throwing out Norrington's name all the time, he's like, hey, I wonder where Norrington ran off to. Hey, Elizabeth, remember when Norrington watched you fall off the cliff because his superpowers not being able to tell when a woman was in distress? He doesn't seem like that type of guy, though. So I'm wondering if Will is the one who's still harboring some feelings of inadequacy here. Why bring that up now? As her father, would you want to try and explore an alternate plan that did not have to do with the two wild cards here? Beckett and Sparrow, they're wild cards. Well, yeah. But when Will asked if he had faith in him, that uh, he didn't answer either. That's true. He didn't answer. So is that telling? I don't know. Don't you think if he had faith in Will, he would have answered? Does he think Will's right. just going to go off and be a pi- end up being a no, pirate? No, no way. Why? I don't think that. I think that he knows that they really love each other. Yeah, but the pirate thing is... No, no way. Because Beckett rolls into town, takes command of Port Royal, throws his daughter in jail, and blackmails Will. Sparrow, on the other hand, well, we saw all that and we know pirates can't be trusted kind of deal. So I don't see this as a lack of faith in either Sparrow or Turner, but maybe a smart idea to explore all the options for something with better odds and people who can be trusted. Maybe he doesn't know if Will has enough experience to go do this. Yeah, but he's just going to try to go through authorities. That's right. He is going to go through authorities. And could that channel really help in this situation? Because East India Trading Company is so huge now, and they're just taking over, right? Yeah, they're basically yeah so how would authorities be able to uh, help with that they're all in in but as her father though wouldn't you have to try and go your best route that you know how and his is politics and going through those channels well yeah to trust will to run off because beckett said so is that really an option you want to take because this guy who's already imprisoned your daughter says that he's going to release him if you go get this compass let alone if you can find jack sparrow if jack sparrow is going to even cooperate with you Okay, but let's say Will does run off and go try that way. What's stopping Swan from going? Well, the that's what I was wondering way. if that was where he was leading to. I mean, it's a big tell, I guess, if he doesn't respond to Will. Yeah, because he could have reassured him. Actually, oh. Governor Swan should have probably reassured him no matter what. Yeah, and like, he didn't. Of course, I trust you. He did not. You know, I'm welcoming you into the family. We're gonna, you know, I definitely trust you. But he didn't. That is a big tell, actually. Exactly. But it's his it's his baby. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. Nobody's ever good enough for her. That's true. No, eyes. Norrington was. Was he? Yeah, he good was. Good enough? Yeah. He wanted them to get married. That was what he was pushing for. But here, that's the big thing, though. Is, is he doing what's right for Elizabeth? The best that he knows how. And sending somebody off on a mission that who knows what could happen. Or how long. Or how long. This is the days of sail. The age of sail. Just even going out on a ship was a risky behavior. What if he doesn't come back and then Elizabeth is in prison forever because of this? What if Will gets killed? He doesn't know any of that. Right. So what he's saying is, is why run off at the behest of this idiot Beckett? When we can try and I can maybe can try and pull some strings. And 
that's where he is c- trying to come from, but he doesn't realize that Beckett is kind of the the puppet master. Right. You know, he's got the he's crown on, on, uh, wrapped around his finger kind of deal because of the East India Company. So I guess that's the thing. The The big point is, is that, and I guess the big takeaway for this is that he doesn't answer Will. That would be the big tell. Exactly. He should have, even if he was lying, that somebody would say, because even the most, even if you didn't trust somebody and you were in this kind of relationship, probably the odds are is you would try and say, no, I trust you. And he doesn't. And so maybe he doesn't, Okay, he either doesn't want to say that he trusts her because, or trust him because he doesn't want Will to actually run off and do this. If he says, I trust you, then Will, that's like giving the green light and him running off. That's true. Or he doesn't really want Will to go because he doesn't trust Will and he doesn't trust Jack. Because I don't think it's a one or the other. I think it's a both. It could be both then. He doesn't trust Jack more. I think he doesn't trust Jack more than he doesn't trust Will, but he's probably still. Doesn't know what I, I can't imagine that he doesn't believe Will has the skills to do this. So, I mean, Will has proven himself to be an apt person and to do anything for Elizabeth. Right. So I don't know why he doesn't trust him with that. I don't know. It's interesting. And then Elizabeth says, I have faith in both of you, both Will and Jack or Will and her dad. Oh, that's a good question. I wonder if that's meant to be ambiguous. I got to imagine it's she Jack. She says it to Will. I have faith in both of you. I got to believe it's Jack, right? That's who she has faith in. God, that's weird. I don't know. That's a good question. Is it meant to be? Okay, put it this way. Her dad is kind of lingering there and hearing this. So she could be just doubling down on that. Like, I have faith in my dad and you. But she could also be just relaying, I have faith, reassuring Will that you're not going to run off and come up against Jack, who's just going to leave me hanging. Jack will come through for me. I have faith in it. Yeah. Because she knows Jack has kind of a thing for her. And they bonded on the aisle, Rum Runner's aisle. She's like, I hope that he doesn't remember that I burned all the rum. (laughs) But I think that's what it is. I think it's more so Jack, though, that she is actually reassuring Will, like, you know what? You go do this. I know you can do it. I have faith in you. I also have faith in Jack that he'll do the right thing. Because Jack often does the right thing when pushed at the final button. Right. It may not seem always that he does the right thing, but in a roundabout way, he comes back and does the right thing. So if Will makes a case that it's not for Will, but it's for Elizabeth, I think that's what would happen. Because we already know that Jack rescued Will, or rescued Elizabeth. So he's done stuff that was against his better judgment and is his, better, his betterment, his escaping for her. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. It's interesting. Switching gears slightly. Okay. Do you find it odd the way Elizabeth is touching Will's face, his chin area? I mean, she can reach her whole hands, her arms through these bars and actually hold him or touch him or whatever. But she's just putting part of her hand through and touching his chin as he's talking. She's uh, rubbing just, she's a scruff. a little uh, awkward. She's scratching him like a little dog. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. I was wondering about that, too. And I, I'm thinking maybe it's more for the close up that they could s- see that there's touching going on yeah but you could get just their faces without having to have like a a longer shot where you could see her reaching through and hugging them or something i think it had to be purely movie based not because it was a little awkward like because she's just like it's like you would rub the chin of your dog yeah yeah exactly right and he's talking so his chin his chin is moving and she's just like sitting there rubbing his chin with a couple of fingers 
It's almost like weird... they were laying down in a field of flowers and she's kind of just and they're sitting there looking and she's just rubbing his face. Yeah. Not in the situation that they had. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I don't see any flowers in here though. Yeah, it's like metaphorical flowers. They're in their happy place because she's in a jail. Oh, okay. That's what's going on. I'm not really here to bash the film, though. But occasionally I do find the need to point out things in the minute that catch my eyes in a weird way. Here's the setup. The fishing vessel is destroyed because we're moving back to fishermen. We're leaving uh, Will and Elizabeth behind. On the right side of the screen is a fast-moving fog. I mean, it's so much so that it appears just a bit out of place. And it's just weird that this fog is kind of moving there it just doesn't seem right i know there's fog in the rest of the scene or in the previous minute behind the fishing vessel but this almost looked like it's dissipating but it's still really just blowing it doesn't really catch me as is good fog effects that's all i'm saying is this something that the leviathan left behind no i thought that at first too but it is actually fog coming from the the side of the screen and if you look in the previous minute there was fog behind the ship the fishing vessel and the people when it's moving it's cleared up significantly when we see the long shot yeah but just this particular one i don't know check it out It, it looks a little bit strange and i just thought It looks like there's a boat off screen with a fog machine just pumping it Mm. out. And that's really what it probably was, actually. But it's a bit more apparent here than in the previous minute because other things are in the background kind of filling the scene. Yeah. And it keeps your attention and stuff. But here, it's just the ship in the water and this fog just kind of pushes out. It's just uh, maybe not quite so natural or something. Okay. I think I kind of seen it. It was just, and it's just on one side of the boat? Yeah, it's just on one side. No, on the other side. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's, Yeah. Maybe they should have uh, special affected that or got rid of the fog or something. Yeah. I don't know. Got another fog out there. Something to, to make it a little bit more apparent. I don't know. Yeah. Just wasn't as wispy as I would have liked, I guess, for fog. Well, my favorite scene in this minute is actually Governor Swan putting the guard in his place by saying, I'm still governor. This goes back to Governor Swan, as I said, standing up for himself. And putting the guard back in his place still shows, and he's showing his daughter, I think, too, more than anything, that he's still in charge here. So he wants to retain that, but then he's also showing Will and Elizabeth know that he still has the power. Yeah. And I think maybe that was also backing up that conversation we had. Can he pull the strings? Can he make people listen to him to actually save his daughter? That's the other thing, and I guess we can just, I'll mention this real quick, is the governor wants to be the one to rescue his daughter. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want Will to be the one to rescue his daughter. Yeah. And this could get back to just personality or the father wants to always protect the daughter. That's his role, he feels. Well, he doesn't he want hasn't to see tra- her in there. Well, no, but he hasn't transferred that kind of, okay, now Will is also protecting her. He hasn't done that yet because I don't think any father actually ever relinquishes the feeling of somebody else is here to protect her now. He's no. always going to step up. So Governor Swan is still in that. That mindset of, I'm going to protect her, no one else will protect her like I can. And I think that's part of the reason why that there's some distrust there, if there is. Yeah. And maybe that's why he's showing Elizabeth and Will that he's still in charge of Port Royal and he's still the governor. Yeah. He hasn't been stripped of his powers. He's basically saying that to that guard and to everybody in the room. I'm wearing the wig here. Yep. I'm not doing this for fun and I'm not playing any games. That's kind of how I see it. So that's all I got. So how I see it. Is I got nothing else. Neither do I. It's about freaking time. Ready to wrap it up then? Yep. We'll be back tomorrow with minute 21 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. 
You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew Listeners Group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bildrats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.